0: You are now listening to Portionality Podcast, a podcast dedicated to faith, culture, and that roller coaster we like to call adulting. I am your host, Portia D. Hey, y'all. So today on Portion Alley Podcast, I have a very special guest with me all the way from the district, Washington, D.C., and he is phoning in and he just so happens to be one of my really, 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 really super duper, super dope close friends and so i've shared with you in the intro show that i would be having friends come on periodically from time to time to share with you because my friends are super dope and super lit and so shout out to the one who gave me my very very first uh podcast recording mike and his name just happens to be mike so welcome to the show mike jones mike Mike jones (laughs) hey mike how you doing good how are you Wonderful Awesome So Mike I'm so glad that you can just like You know Be on the show Like Cause you really like Encouraged me to do this Like so oh,
1: awesome.
0: <sighs> Well you know So Michael The reason why I want to talk to you Because you uh, Do adulting uh, Semi well I'm not gonna give you full credit And be like Oh yeah you a boss <laughs> at it <laughs> You know, I mean, you do it semi-well. You know, you got good credit. You got a good job. You're in school full-time. And you've done something that a lot of us can't do at 24 years old. Well, you're 25 now. Um, But when you were 24, actually, Michael's going on 26. So, for all the single ladies, um, FYI, my friend Michael's single, and he's about to be 26. So, holla at him. But anyway, sidebar. Um, Michael had, at 24 years old, he purchased his first house. And not leased it, not rented it, but he actually bought a house. One of his goals, one of his dreams and aspirations was to purchase a house for his himself <laughs> and <laughs> for his mom. And um, and he did that. And so, Michael, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you bought your first home at 24.
1: So it was the craziest process that I think I've ever been in. I think it was worse than actually applying there undergrad or graduate school. um, There's just so many steps that you have to take, um, you know, really in order to get to that moving process Um, from credit to, you know, figuring out how much you can afford, going through the different approval processes, actually looking for the houses and then selecting which house is right for you. Um, and then when you actually find the house, you have to make offers, and then if the offers rejected or approved, or if you know, then you have to go do the inspections, and then if an inspection's not right, then you got to go back to the drawing board and start looking all over. Um, and then even the finalizing the transaction, or you know, the actually signing the mortgage, that's that's a, a process in its own, and it's really just time consuming and then you finally once everything is done you get that satisfaction of getting the keys and moving into the house
0: that's good so how long did you actually like stay there before you actually moved out because y'all what y'all don't know is michael's actually not living in the house that he purchased
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is correct i would not encourage anyone to do that um i purchased the house and signed on the dotted lines on january 31st, actually. Yep. January 31st. And I moved from Connecticut to DC in March. So I stayed in the house for all of one month.
0: You know, and that was like, what? Because you just like jumped up and was like, yeah, I'm going back to school and I'm out of here. And it's like, what? But you just bought this house. <laughs> it's like you're going to school and you're just like, yeah. So Um, Do you have, like, any, like, pointers and tips that first-time homeowners and home buyers should really consider as they are um, purchasing? So, like, are there certain things that you took into serious consideration, like location, cost, um, school district, accessibility? Like, what about those things?
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing is monitoring your credit. Um, Obviously, that's going to make or break a decision for you to even get pre-approved, um, for a house. Um, so just make sure that your bills are paid on time. Anything from, you know, even a late payment to Macy's on your credit card is going to affect you being able to get, you know, a mortgage. Um, I would say low the location was important for my mother. I needed to make sure that it wasn't somewhere that was too close to the city, but it wasn't too far out. Um, I mean, we live in a decent neighborhood. Well, she lives in a decent neighborhood, um, so it was making sure that if something happened to her car, she had the train or the bus that was accessible to her. Um, my mother is grown, and all my you know my brothers are grown as well. Um, so really, schools wasn't that big of a factor. Um, but I would say the biggest things that we were looking for were um, you know, enough space in the home if we're going to buy something, make sure that, you know, you're comfortable in the house. But I would say monitoring your credit and just making sure that your personal finances are in tip top shape.
0: That's good. That's good. That's really important. So uh I noticed one thing, too. Uh It didn't you just didn't like just wake up one day and just have like a house. So it took time, right?
1: It took I graduated in 2014 um from in, temple we, let him know let
0: him know from, from temple,
1: temple. um uh, but i claim Howard. um but it took me literally two years two yeah, no three years when did I about to tell? 2017. it took me three years to find the right house um and shout out to my realtor because i would have quit on me a long i would have quit on me in 2014 um but she stuck with me for those two three years um you know, that house buying process, um, I must have looked at well over like no lie. I looked at over 250 houses probably, um, from Bridgeport to Fairfield to Seymour to New Haven, Hamden, like literally anywhere and everywhere in Connecticut. I looked at houses, um, from three family houses to townhouses to single family home houses, it, it was a process for me.
0: Mm. So it takes a it's a process and it takes patience. And so I don't think that. We always understand that, that it's not like apartment hunting where it's kind of like you can just sign the lease and then you just kind of like move in. Um, as soon as you like decide, Oh, this is what I want. There's, there's a process to it. And so finding a home is serious business and it's not something that we should just take lightly, but it is something that many of us want to do. Um, I recently read something and I cannot quote it directly because I don't remember where it came from, but I read that now, um, more people, less people, um, particularly amongst millennials are not considering buying a home because it almost feels like uh, a debt that they'll never be able to pay off. And so you as a millennial, have you ever kind of felt this pressure of what if I can never pay this house off? Is this house ever going to get paid off?
1: Um, I, I I wouldn't say that I thought about that. I did think over a period of time that I was just like, well, why do I have a house when I don't even know if I really want to stay in Connecticut? And I really don't want to be anyone's landlord. Um, But probably within the past six to seven months, um, I actually met a good friend of mine, Sean Roebuck, and he owns a bunch of houses down here in the D.C. Maryland, Virginia area. Um, And what he did was he actually started an LLC in his name, um, and he transferred the houses from his um, you know his personal name into his business's name and now his business owns the um you know owns the property um so i guess that's that's what what I'm looking to do if i were to do it all over again i probably wouldn't get a house just because of all you know it it kind of is like one of those things we have to think about well am i gonna stay in this area for a long term because at nine times out of ten houses are two fifty three hundred thousand dollars a um you know, for a course of 30, 30 years. And I mean, as a millennial, you just kind of don't want to stay somewhere that long.
0: That's real. It seems like we just kind of (laughs) move with haste (laughs) and swiftness. Well, I mean, you're kind of like the king of moving around. Um, (laughs) I won't tell the world your business and put you out there like that, (laughs) but you are the king of like, you know, just kind of moving, moving and grooving. And so, um, there is all of that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to shift the conversation from talking about homes and first-time home buyers and stuff like that um, to also say that Michael's in ministry, y'all. So Michael is a Div School student right now at Howard Divinity School in Washington, D.C., the district. And so um, he is about to enter into his second semester of his first year. He has successfully completed his first semester with um, nice. all A's and one B. Um, is that right?
1: It is. Three A's and one B.
0: Yeah. Um, and I only know that because I saw him post it on Facebook because he posts everything on Facebook. Kind of, but not really. <laughs> um, he posts what pe- he want people to know. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be acting mad woke. And i will be like, who is this person? <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? Like, I'm like, I don't know him. Uh, (laughs) There's Mike Jones uh, on Facebook. And, but then there's like Michael and I'm like, I know Michael. I don't know who Mike Jones is. (laughs) But in any case, um, for those who might be considering, um, you know, maybe going into a, a theological education, um, you know, because I, like I said, this podcast is about faith and culture and adulting. And so what nuggets of wisdom have you gained, gleaned, learned, whatever, um, in this first year at Howard? And what's something that has been like monumental for you to learn? And, um, and maybe even if you want to share a moment of when you had to kind of wrestle with your face and, and faith, not face with your faith in, um, in seminary, and so I guess kind of threw a lot at you. Um, I did, I did, you know. I, I'm you know, Portia Overload, I just kind of dump stuff on people. And I'm like, Here you go, you're welcome. So, um, here you go, you're welcome. So, go for it.
1: All right, I'm trying to remember everything you asked for. Um, I don't even remember everything
0: I asked for. So,
1: <laughs> um, so why divinity school? um or is that the question you asked
0: listen just go with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's see let's see let's see
0: like I- why divinity school what did you learn like what have you gleaned what are like some nuggets of wisdom um yeah all that
1: all right first of all. so why divinity school honestly i ultimately chose divinity school because of my dear friend portia i was just like oh getting an mdiv is cool And my pastor has an MDiv and some of the associates um, from back home had MDivs. And I just was like, well, I need to go get me an MDiv since I'm in ministry. When I got to divinity school, I don't think I literally or really was prepared for what divinity school was um, for two things. One, because I think I had the wrong expectation that it was going to be like Bible school where you are actually learning about Things in the Bible versus you know you're learning about like realistic things and um, what's the right way to say you're learning about the history of things and I would say and I've talked to Portia about this a lot. Divinity school has really stretched my faith um, in some um, some situations just because of different things that you learn. Um, Maybe not stretch it, maybe more so test it and has you asking yourself, you know, is this for real? what i've um what i've come to know all this time versus what i'm learning right now um what else do you want to know
0: um like you say that it stressed you but it's kind of like but how like what's something that you like in particular that you like wrestled with so let me give you a concrete example right So the saints of YDS, right, some of the black folk, you know, coming from specific traditions, when we heard the exodus didn't happen, we're like, what? What you mean the exodus didn't happen? What you trying to say? Like, you know, and so where something that we've been taught, particularly from like the pulpit, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, this is about to rock your world and shake your faith because this is not necessarily what you grew up with or something that you've been kind of taught. And so it's introducing a new perspective. Have you had any of those moments that kind of um, shifted you, like a particular specific moment that has helped you to stretch and to help you to kind of shift?
1: Um, Honestly... I I can't say I have, not yet, and that's like, that's real, I I haven't yet, Um, but just listening to people talking about like, you know, some of the older guys or gals as well, um, about like Noah might not being real, or like Job, Job is not a real person in the Bible, um, or not a real person in actuality, Um, like little small things like that, you know, they really kind of just have like, well, what have I actually been taught? for the last 25 years of my life and then to come to divinity school in the first semester and you hear about different things just not being true. Or then, you know, once teachers are teaching you things, you're just like, well, Dag, did this really happen? Um, or you're looking at it from a historical perspective versus it being in the Bible. Um, what I've come to realize is that people basically use the Bible, especially when they're preaching, to benefit them and not it's not necessarily correct all the time hello (laughs) so it's interesting because now as a seminarian I'm actually in church um or when I go to (coughs) churches not my church so when I go to (coughs) other churches I actually find myself really listening to what um the pastor is saying what they're preaching what they're teaching and then how it really relates to what the scriptures are saying and I, I hate it I actually hate uh, being so analytical versus just you know going there, getting happy, um, taking what I want from it, and you know it's it's different. It's definitely
0: different. Well, there definitely is no hashtag getting happy. Um, <laughs> if you thought she was going to go to seminary to have a Holy Ghost party, then you thought wrong, um, because it doesn't quite go like that. At least not at um, formal institutional settings, um, and so yeah <laughs> there is that um for those who kind of hear that uh-uh, noise in the background that's because michael's texting and michael's popping and people are texting michael so i'll just put that out there just for people like when i like well what's that noise that's michael being popping um you say
1: I said, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm actually not texting. I'm getting text messages. Portia told me I can't text, so I'm not texting. Well,
0: you're getting texts because you're popping. And so, um, because Michael's popping and Michael's single, um, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael. Oh my God. Let the ladies know what's good. How can they find you? How can they get in contact with you if they want to slide into the DMs and holla or or anybody who wants to maybe ask you questions? You know, how can they reach you and or email?
1: Okay, well, on Facebook, my name is Mike Jones Jr. On Twitter, my name is at Michael Jones with an underscore in between M and I, so that's at M underscore I-C-H-A-E-L J-O-N-E-S My Instagram is M underscore I-C-H-A-E-L Jones No, do that over, Portia
0: (laughs) Keep going, Michael, you better keep talking like you know your information All the saints know that you don't know it now (laughs) 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 Basically, he's stuttering because he don't actually want y'all to contact him Send me an email, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, it happens, it gets the best of all of us. Like, it's it's fine. So, Michael, I'm over here sipping wine. What's in your cup?
1: Water with a lemon.
0: Oh, okay. Well, amen. So, (laughs) that. As they say in seminary, thus ends the reading. So, Amen. so this will end the podcast for today. So, um, Michael, thank you so much for joining us with all of your um, Michaelness. Um, and we look forward to having you again on the show. Um, yeah, and all that good stuff. So, See you all. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Portionality Podcast. Can't wait to hear from you when you email me directly at Portionality at gmail.com with your topics and with your listener questions. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Portionality. And as always, peace, light, and love, and namaste to you.